Welcome to Rhode Island's Church and State Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Jessica. We're a husband and wife podcast. He's a pastor and I'm a state senator. So you've been warned. We're about to talk politics and religion. And anything else that might get us canceled. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Rhode Island's Church and State. Uh, For this episode, episode 39... We're going to uh, look at the question, who will decide the next election? Um, The next election being in November of 2022, so it's just about a year away. But um, we're actually coming off of an election, um, and we had elections in New Jersey and in Virginia, namely, and a couple other spots as well. But it seemed to be a bellwether for people. And um, I'm joined, of course, by my wife, Jessica, who's a sitting state senator, Senate uh, Minority Whip, and uh, today we're just going to talk about who is likely to be the decider for the next election. Um, you know, sometimes they think it's the, uh, the the soccer moms. Sometimes they think it's uh, the African American vote. Sometimes they think it's you know the the uh, uh, working class voter, the the guy who's you know working with his hands. Um, and the question is, what about in twenty twenty two? Based on what we're seeing this past year and even this past week, there's been a lot of talk over parents. Um, what do you think, Jess? I think you had a really good idea this morning. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, this morning I was thinking it feels as though, you know, when someone messes with me, it's kind of like, all right, whatever, I'll, I, I'll deal with it, you know? And I feel like the, um, the, it, the average Rhode Islander or the, the average American didn't like the idea of, you know, taxes being raised or they didn't like the idea of being told what to do regarding, you know, mandates and such. And they were willing to just kind of grit their teeth and, and bear it. But I think what we saw this past year is a, a, a shift. I think they said enough is enough. I think they said enough with the mandates. And it wasn't because the mandates were so intrusive over their own lives, but I think it was because the mandates were, are starting to affect their children. And as parents, I think you and I feel that protective urge to keep our kids safe, protect them, make sure that when it comes to the values and things they're learning, those are things that are coming from us and not necessarily from someone else. You know, of course, they're going to learn from the world and learn from other people. And, you know, that's just part of being a human. But we feel as though they're some of the things they're being exposed to and being taught in school, maybe not our kids specifically, but I think this is the, the feeling that most people have, that they are concerned that, you know, we're, we need to protect our kids. So I feel like we're in this area or in this time where parents are going to be the deciders. I think that people who don't usually get activated, you know, politically, have suddenly become um, almost, you know, like activists. They become leaders. They, they, they've become political and public, outspoken, when normally they weren't really this way. Has that been your observation? Well, I'm just going to go by what we've seen in our own community. I know you had said that you were thinking of running for school committee, mm-hmm. but now there are so many people that have told you that they're thinking of running for a school committee that you're like, well, 
I don't know. Maybe I don't need to run for school committee. I'm not sure yet now. Right. There were, when I first did it, I was talking about it, maybe one other person. And then last time I checked in with some people in town, they said, yeah, we know like four or five people now. And they're all like you and I, you know, pretty conservative. They want parental choice. They didn't like some of the mandates that, that didn't seem to be, you know, necessary for, for children. And that's when I said, well, they're all on the same page as us. It's like that time we went to the school committee meeting mm. and I just had everyone raise their hand if, you know, they were with us. And it was like nine, 90% of the people were, you know, on the same page as us. So yeah. these, again, these are people that don't usually show up to these things. It's not, it, it's people who normally aren't engaged. You don't see that many people show up to school committee meetings. So when you have it's that mama bear thing. Mm. I mean, you're not a mama, but it's that mama bear mentality when you're, um, you want to protect your kids from, uh, from culture and society. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of like CRT. That's a really big issue right now yeah. with families. You don't want your kids being told that they're a racist when you haven't brought them up in, in, in that kind of uh, environment where you're teaching them that, you know, everyone is equal. You treat people right. with respect. Um, some of what the do you thing, want to say? Well, some of the things that we are hearing seem so far-fetched. Like, I, I think people listening to this will absolutely doubt that there's any truth to it. But we know right here in Rhode Island, students were being told to separate in elementary school by their color, by their race. And that just seems outrageous. And yet that was happening. And not just with students, even during uh, teacher training, you know, teacher development, they were being told to we're separate. regressing. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like we are regressing. This is not progress. This is If this is a progressive agenda, I want nothing to do with it because you're, you, you are literally bringing segregation back into the, into yeah. the school system. Yeah. Um, it's it, it absolutely boggles the mind. And when parents found out about this, they were outraged. They don't want they they certainly don't see themselves as racist, and they don't want their kids to be taught that. So I think what we saw this past week in Virginia was a bellwether. Uh, uh, both Virginia and New Jersey are blue states. They've been you know New Jersey. I, I can't remember the last time they had a. Republican governor, maybe 20 years ago. Um, and same thing with Virginia, you know, pretty solidly blue state. Yet Virginia just elected a Republican governor. And, um, you know, it, just a year ago, Donald Trump was running for president in Virginia and lost pretty handedly. I mean, the um, uh, Trump didn't come really close at all in Virginia to being really competitive. Yet this guy, uh, Youngin, he ended up winning and when you listen to his platform and listen to what he was fighting for and advocating for, it was, um, you know, it, a parental choice. It was, um, he, he kind of channeled some of that anger that parents had over their schools and the handling of COVID-19. And to your point, a lot of this conversation about race and gender issues that came up in the schools. So Youngin seemed to channel that. He seemed to be the only person, you know, in the state, at least at that level, who was willing to take these issues on. And he got a following for that. Um, and you and saw, called a racist. And he was. Yeah, it was some really ridiculous things. You know, people carrying tiki torches, standing in front of his um, his campaign so bus weird. with the pictures, you know, and 
it, it was just the stranger that one of the guys that's supposed to be a racist was a African-American guy. So it's just weird, just weird, weird stuff that they were trying to paint him as some sort of a racist when that, you know, he, he's not even a Trump Republican. He didn't even welcome Trump into the state. He really stiff armed Trump. He didn't want him anywhere near him. He didn't talk about um, election fraud. He just stayed away from all those issues. And instead, he just hammered away on that idea that um, our children, um, their education and, and their um, the, the person ultimately that should be responsible for them are the are the parents. So Youngin ended up winning. And that was that was huge. Now, I was looking at some of the stats and it looks like he won notably among uh, women. And then he won parents um, by plus 12. So he, he had a 12 point margin of victory among parents. So Youngin carried the parent vote. And I feel like this is probably the future, um, maybe for next year in 2022. This may be the thing if, if progressives or some of these um, uh, some of these uh, you know, more left movements continue, the CRT stuff and the gender stuff and all the, the other stuff um, and the mandates, if those things continue, I feel like there's going to be another opportunity for parents and conservatives to, to stand up. What are you thinking? Well, you also mentioned New Jersey, which had a similar story. There was a Republican running, um, I think, in the, the Senate. He had about 150 some odd dollars left in his campaign account. Mm. And he was a truck driver, that mm, guy, right? It was 160 bucks, I think. Yeah, exactly. And uh, which which I thought was funny, he was running, running against the uh, Senate president and he had millions of dollars in his account. Yeah. Right. And he was he he was defeated. I mean that that would be like some no name in uh, North Providence unseating Senate President Ruggiero. Exactly. With like a hundred bucks in his, mm -hmm. his campaign account, you right. just don't see something like that happening. That's why I never take an opponent for granted. Like um, I, I I always take them seriously mm -hmm. because when you don't take an opponent seriously, it's you become arrogant and then you think you're invincible and. Just it's a good reminder that no one is invincible. And clearly the the Senate president down in New Jersey did not have a, a feel. He did not have his hands on the, the pulse of his district. So this was a um this was a really significant um Yeah. You know, and upset. uh for those of you who didn't know, because I didn't know this when I found out, I thought I, I, I was shocked. The reason why that truck driver ran for office was because he was denied a license to carry a concealed weapon. That sounds like someone else I know. I know. So I was like, wow, I, I know a Republican senator represents Preble Gloucester North Smithfield. You who... do? I know. I live with one. <laughs> and uh, she was so angry that yeah. she was denied a license to carry a concealed weapon that she became a state senator. <laughs> and she's doing an amazing job. Now. I think she is. <laughs> um, so I think, um, you know, both of those issues are kind of related. These are people that just feel like they... Um, um, you know, you and this other truck driver, a guy down in uh, New Jersey, you both felt like you had a right. You were law abiding. You, <laughs> this shouldn't be a controversial thing, but you were denied your right. And it's just, it, it was crazy to you that you had to take your case all the way to the Supreme Court to make your case. The Rhode Island Supreme Court. The, yeah. yeah. Rhode Island Supreme Court. And, um, and you won that case too. But yeah. So, you know, it's, um, personal freedoms, of mm -hmm. course, but again, with children, 
You don't want to mess with somebody's children. And and I think that's what we're seeing. You know, yeah. and the other person that comes to mind is Nicole Salas down in um, South Kingston. And she's doing work like all over Rhode Island, all over the country now. But she's still focused very much on, on that part of the uh, state, North Kingston, South Kingston, East Greenwich. And it was in North Kingston that she highlighted this book that was being um, highlighted. You know, they just released another book. She just put it on Twitter. Was it? Today. Oh, it wasn't the same book. It was a different it's, book. I I believe it's a different book. Maybe it's the same book, but same author, maybe uh, or different book. Who more. Knows? It's a series that's being released. Pornographic drawings, since I'm not going to call them images. Yeah. Um, depicting oral sex. Right. So. But those are the kind of things that I think parents flip out about. I flip out because we know <laughs> that Rhode Island, we've talked about it on this podcast already, but Rhode Island schools are not doing well. They are doing abysmal. You know, you take um, Massachusetts bottom to you, you share this yeah. stat. What, yep. what is it? Massachusetts bottom 10% schools and our best schools are at that level. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's Barrington East Greenwich. The crown mm -hmm. jewels of our educational system are literally among the worst, worst performing schools in, in Massachusetts. Massachusetts yeah. So uh, that's when teachers, I think, are, are uh, rightfully angry and upset because we're supposed to be teaching math and history and writing economics but instead they're being taught critical race theory and you have books like this now maybe i'm conflating it i'm sure that's not what every class is about i'm sure that they are it's not what every class is about content. but if we're focusing on these issues that have no place in schools like mm -hmm. what are we doing selecting books that depict oral sex or yeah. whatever why are we what does that add to their what, exactly why are we wasting our precious time and resources on that and same thing with the critical race theory or critical theory mm -hmm. how about just teaching them how to read because some schools in rhode island have zero percent proficiency mm, yeah how about teaching them math you know once <laughs> Let's master those first, right? right? And I'm, I'm obviously I don't want to, I don't I'm not saying we should master those first and then you know introduce these ridiculous um, books or curriculum. No, but the point is we're failing our students. Yeah. Well, you know, you and I had talked about this earlier uh, earlier in the week, but it feels like Rhode Island does not have a mission statement for its schools. In mm -hmm. other words, what's the point? What's the purpose of sending a kid to a public school? Because I think most parents assume it's oh to um to good get good test scores get into a good college you know be able to write and read and do math proficiently that should be it but there's a disconnect because it seems like there are others who believe that schools are a place of activism where the teachers build into their um, curriculum and into their lesson plans student activism um, Oh, there are definitely teachers like that. Yeah, they feel it's their mission. I, I've seen it. I mean, not just uh, online and, you know, TikTok videos of, of people uh, or YouTube videos and clips of teachers who actually do this, but I, I've, I've heard it. I mean, I was at Rhode Island College and, and I was taught that we are, you know, as educators, we are agents of change and that we want our students to be agents of change as well. Sounds sinister. Well... I, just this past week, you and I met a couple of uh, young people who dropped out of Rick 
because they felt that it was toxic there. The environment was just overrun. It was overt. Overrun by yeah. CRT and mm-hmm. and progressivism. and. But you know how some classes you take and it's kind of like, I mean, at least I, I have, and I know you've talked about it in the in the past when uh, you were in class. Um, just, it was kind of like subtle. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't so over as it is now where some of them were just come out and say it. Yeah. You know, here's... His Marxist ideology, uh, you know, and how you can teach it to right. young minds. I don't know. Yeah, I think the uh, one of the kids that I was talking to, the first book he had to read in one of his uh, educational classes was, um, I think it was like the uh, uh, something about why Marxism is better than capitalism. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, what? I know. I was shocked when he told me. I was like, are you kidding me? You're exaggerating, right? He's like, no, that was my first reading assignment. I was like, what does that even have to do with education and learning and pedagogy? Yeah. Nothing. It has nothing to do with it. But that makes me want all of my boys to become electricians and carpenters and not step into a liberal arts school unless it happens to be, um, you know, like Hillsdale College or something (laughs) like that or Liberty University. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, uh, I, I just wanted to give a shout out to Nicole Salas and some of the other mama bears out there who have been paying attention and asking questions. And she got sued by the school committee because she was requesting information. Mm-hmm. But she is just, you know, I think that's her new, her new um, Twitter. What is it? Your your Twitter bio handle? is no your Twitter bio. Oh. She just put sue me <laughs> because she's she's going to be relentless she has a a girl in kindergarten and she's going to make sure that whatever her daughter learns is going to be you know respectable it's not going to turn her against her parents or turn her against her own race or her own identity or her own country you know yeah um you know nicole tried to get the uh, attorney general to um do something about that uh, pornographic book because it was if I remember correctly, it was um, depicting young people. So it, there was a good case that it was pedophilia, pedophilia uh, being depicted. And you got involved in that. Yeah. So I didn't really get involved in it, but the AG refused to do anything about it. And he even said on the radio to talk show host that he was contacted, but he didn't even bother looking at the images because he just said, oh, I know there's no case. So first of all, any respectable person, any res- a respectable AG in the country, I think should at least take a look at the content before he decides whether or not. Maybe he knows he'd be arrested for viewing uh, <laughs> and downloading so, pedophilia. So apparently, and I read the state law, um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing in the state law saying that any images that are drawn or you right. know i think it says like pictures or pictures photography These are, yes and this isn't like considered or... a picture this is a drawing right um but federal law is clear that mm. these images are illegal mm-hmm. and um so they... we should be calling the district attorney the like yeah. a federal district and the attorney. ag can't assist right the federal government in this but yeah. he doesn't want to he didn't want to touch it so what i'm going to do this year which is what a lot of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle like to do is I'm submitting a bill to codify uh, federal law. So I will be submitting a bill to codify federal law. 
good surrounding so, this so so your definition would tighten it up to include drawn images things depicting that minors in engaged in sexual acts so yes. that would cover this book it would um all right it well. would just i would just take it the federal law and just draft a bill right. exact language exactly so that we don't we don't fall into this issue I love again it. i love it i think that's great and um and, and I, I'll be emailing everyone on my list, whoever has signed up for legislative updates on things like, hey, this bill is going to be heard. This is how you can testify. So um, if anyone wants to come out for important bills, if you want to sign up for legislative updates, you can mm -hmm. do that on my website. Good. Shameless plug for Jessica4ri.com. That's good. Uh, that's F-O-R. Uh, F-O-R. Um, well, I, I think maybe that's a good place to leave it. I was going to suggest to if um, if you're interested in getting more involved, because I do think there are a lot more Nicole Solaces out there. There are a lot more Jessica Delacruzes out there. These mothers who want the best for their kids and just want to make sure they're getting a, a good, proper education. They don't want their kids being turned against them or against um, their, their country. Um, so if you, you know, I know you want to leave that, but so if you feel like you want to run for school yeah. committee, you run, run for town council, city council, mm -hmm. you want to run for whatever, statewide office, I mean, um, a general assembly seat or something like that, um, you know, reach out to the um, GOP party here in Rhode Island and talk to somebody about how can you make that happen. Right. Uh, Susie Yankee, she's the chairwoman of the Republican Party. And I was, we were actually talking to her earlier this week. Yeah. And she said she was blown away by how many people have decided to run for school committee because of this. That's why I think it will be parents who decide the next election. Mm -hmm. Many times people are worried about the, the up ballot, like the president is going to determine, you know, how well everyone does down ballot. Like people ride the, 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 the coattails of the president. I think it might be the opposite. This, uh, in 2022, I think it may determine who's running in the school committees um, and how well they do. They may be the ones that are shaping the elections. Those that are being most outspoken and most vocal on these issues affecting parents and kids. It's like uh, an aha moment. Your eyes have been opened. Mm -hmm. This is what happened to me with kids, with our kids when I was like, wait a minute, I, I have to send them to the school district that's failing. Right. Like I can't take tax dollars and send my kids somewhere else to right. a school that's performing well and, mm -hmm. you know, can provide a good education. So I think parents are having that aha moment as well saying, oh, wow, school committee is really important. I had no idea. Right. And right. it is, it's supremely important. Yeah. I mean, it, whether it's um, the uh, mandatory uh, mandated masks or, you know, there's the fear that the vaccine is going to be mandated um, for children when a lot of parents are like, wait a minute, it, uh, this disease doesn't affect kids the same way it affects the elderly. Um, all of these issues and then the CRT and the gender stuff, a lot of this stuff just starts to get very concerning for parents who just, just want to be left alone. They just want their they kids want learning kids their ABCs. They want, yeah. When we hear about kids that are in schools that literally right here in Rhode Island this year, this year are not allowed to talk during lunch. They're supposed to eat elementary, quiet, elementary school. Um, it doesn't matter what age, but still elementary school. Uh, it just breaks my heart because the, the school is afraid, you know, there's going to be a COVID spread or something like that. And so, so kids aren't allowed to talk. That's not, that's just not kids healthy. Kids should have lunch at like the local restaurants because you can sit there 
<laughs> COVID yeah. doesn't spread at the restaurants. Yeah, we heard, um, <laughs> what was his name? Former rep uh, Joe Bryan from Woonsocket. Oh, my he goodness. Yes, I love what he said. He said, uh, the best way to solve the you know COVID spread among the students and the mask, mandatory masks is we switch out their desks for restaurant tables. Because in restaurants, you don't need to wear a mask. You can talk. You can, you know. Yeah. enjoy yourself but it's you know for some reason when you're sitting at a school desk suddenly you have to wear a mask um yeah but i'm probably or if you put a bag of chips there maybe you know i don't yeah. know yeah as long as they're eating i guess yeah um all right well i uh, i my prediction is parents are going to get more involved in 2022 they're going to run for more offices can i just one more thing yeah that gentleman that you mentioned that former rep it's a Democrat. Yeah. So it's not a Republican Democrat. It's yes. It's bipartisan. That's why I think, and you shared a link with me just a few minutes ago. Um, what's it called? The the parents parent, party. Parent parent party. The parent party, and non it, it's nonpartisan like PAC political action committee that's just organized in Virginia and in New Jersey, and of course they won there, right? But they're. Uh, goal is to represent parents and it's nonpartisan. So it's not Democrat or Republican. It's just leave our kids alone. You know, we don't want our kids learning some of this stuff. <laughs> I and like that. Leave my kids alone. Leave party. my kids alone. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly feel like that's like the war cry for a lot of people. They just sort of like, just leave us alone. Leave me alone. I, don't tell me what I have to do. You know, I get it. There's a speed limit. I don't mind that. Th these are established rules, but now you're throwing all this new stuff at me that, um, I, I don't feel comfortable with and yeah, it feels like um i don't know i feel like 2022 is going to be an interesting year for conservatives and people who are pro-family pro-parental choice and pro pro um pro kids mm -hmm. isn't it interesting that republicans tend to be pro-life too you know is yeah there, do you think that's related to this i do <laughs> i do i uh again it's about fiercely protecting the most vulnerable mm -hmm. and their members, you know, in society that are again, the most vulnerable. And I think of people at Sam and the elderly, but children, Yeah, you know, we're, we're their voice. And, uh, that's, you know, what parent doesn't want to protect their children. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Well, thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Rhode Island church and state. Um, if you are a, uh, um, parent. We hope that you get more involved. Visit my wife's website, sign up for her um, for her update. She sends that out pretty regularly, especially at the beginning of the session. You'll find out what legislation is coming down the pike that she's supporting. And hopefully you'll be able to support her and contact your own lawmakers and uh, senators and reps. Make sure they get behind it as well. All right, guys, God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Today's closing quote comes from the American educator and reformer, Amos Bronson Alcott. He said, the true teacher defends his pupils against his own personal influence. Thanks again for listening. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, help us by subscribing and sharing these episodes. And for more content, check out churchandstateri.com. 